Life can be a bitch, but so can I and I'm still funny. So let's laugh about it. Oh my God. <laughs> hey world, I hope you're surviving yet another week of whatever you may be going through. Um, we're going to revisit another past story that will hopefully bring tears to your eyes and urine to your underwear. Uh, I should preface with the fact that this is a completely true story. And while it may sound absolutely far-fetched and insane and not at all realistic, I can guarantee you that while I don't have anyone here as like a witness to the story, because none of my really close friends were witness to it, I, I promise you that there were plenty of people around to see it. If you want to, to tell um, or if you want to ask them, you'll just have to, to hunt people down in Mystic, Connecticut, I suppose. That being said, when I was uh, between 15 and 16 years old, I, I think even through 17, I volunteered at the Mystic Aquarium, which is the premier location for every Connecticut elementary school uh, field trip. Plain and simple. If you went to school in Connecticut easily, I can guarantee you that when you were told you were taking a field trip to the Mystic Aquarium. You went ape shit. You were thrilled at the fact that you're gonna go see some beluga whales, okay? And that was a thing. That was my favorite exhibit, honestly, or the beluga whales. But ever since a little kid, since a, a wee buck, if you will, I absolutely adored sea life, even to this day. Don't mean to brag, but I refuse to eat seafood. Um, which is also why I'm a homosexual. No, um, <laughs> it's true though. I don't eat seafood and I'm, I'm also, I'm also a homosexual. So coincidence, you do the math. I'm not a mathematician. That being said, um, as a volunteer, what we did was we went around and we spoke at each of the exhibits, which at first was a lot of fun for me. Eventually you get really tired of doing all of that work for free and knowing all this crap about animals and legitimately give the same speech every 10 minutes. So it can be a little grueling and a little time consuming and to be frank, a little boring. But I can guarantee you <laughs> that um, the, the th I think I'm going to focus on three stories today. The three stories that I'm going to focus on today are all when animals went completely awry. And it I, I wish, I wish that I had the creativity to make this stuff up, but it, it's just, it's pure insanity when the animals go ape, to say the least. So I'll start with, um, I'll try to tell them in chronological order as I recall them. So we had probably the most boring exhibit. It was called Discovery Lab. It was where, it was a touch tank. So you think, wow, sounds so fun. No, it was only stuff that you, oh, stuff, only animals, creatures, living things. There were a few rocks in there that people like to pick up and some shells uh, that you could find in Long Island Sound, which is right off the coast of Connecticut from where I'm from. That being said, we don't we don't harbor a lot of fun exotic animals. I mean, we had a few lobsters in there, which were never allowed to go in the touch tank part because kids would rip those things to shreds. Um, crabs, we had snails, hermit crabs. Um, what else did we have? We had a few skates in there, but again, 
also could not be in the touch tank. All the cool shit could just not be touched, plain and simple, because the kids would kill it. That being said, I'm at the the touch tank there. It's a little boring. It's also cornered right outside of the break room for all of the staff as well as the backup area where you can go to see like behind the scenes of certain tanks um that the fish are in the fish are in inside the aquarium so it's it's kind of it you know you have to look for it because they really they really hit it because it's boring as hell that being said, I had a group of like school children there and they are chucking the sea stars like they are ninjas. And I'm having to yell at these kids and I'm trying to pay attention to them to make sure that no one's killing anything. And these children are just heathens, barbarians to say the least, Neanderthals. They were probably from Western Connecticut in all sincerity. Um, so anyway, one of the F and I people, which stood for stands for fish and invertebrates, they were all the behind the scenes people, came up to me and wheeled over a red trash can. You know, really, I don't know what what I was expecting, but it was a red trash can that was on wheels. On the top of it, it had a netting covering it. So I immediately assumed that there was an animal in there. However, what kind of led me down a different path of like, oh no, there's no animal in here, was the fact that there were tubes on top of it, just like thrown on top. So, you know, they weren't, it didn't look like they were transporting anything. It just looked like a bunch of junk to say the least. Now, that being said, I I have an irrational fear of snakes. I wouldn't say it's irrational. I think it's completely rational. Those things are disgusting. But the um, I immediately told myself, there's a snake in this damn garbage can, and it's going to come out, and it's going to spit acid in my face, and do, do snakes spit acid? They can spit venom. Is that the same thing? Who cares? Anyway, I was convinced it was going to spit some sort of poisonous thing in my face and kill me in front of all these people and leave everyone else apparently, but just kill me. So the woman and there are two women, they wheel up this trash can and she looks me dead in the face and I kid you not, she says, quote, can you watch my trash can for me? Now, that being said, I mean, that's a very, that's a very odd request for any person. I mean, I'm I'm not on the streets of New York City. I'm not going to watch someone's trash for them. But I was like, yeah, okay. And they giggled as they went into the back. So if you're wondering, yes, I immediately went back to the thought of these people are setting me up for some poisonous ass snake to jump out of here and kill me in front of all these people. So I slyly like like grew from Despicable Me, walk up to the side of this garbage can and peek over the edge to see through. And I kid you not, I can't see anything past the the tubing. And I convinced myself that the tubes were all that were in there. I didn't see water. I didn't hear any hissing. I didn't hear any movement. I didn't see any movement. So I was like, we good. We good. Now I can go back to watching these troglodyte children destroy these animals. Um, I would say maybe five minutes went by. 
And so I start to give a speech and I say, hello everyone and welcome to the Mystic Aquarium and Institute for Exploration. My name is Giovanni Pinto and we are here at the Discovery Lab. I don't even get done saying the word lab and I just hear the loudest plop on the floor next to me. And when I tell you, my heart also made a plop noise through my anus as it dropped onto the ground because again, I reconvinced myself that a snake was now coming for me. To my surprise, however, I turn to my right and I see lying there on the ground, soaking wet, a six foot long moray eel. Pause for dramatics. I, if you don't know what an eel is, Google it. If you haven't seen The Little Mermaid, Google it. But they are Ursula's little henchmen, those nasty-looking creatures. They ultimately look like snakes. So I see this fat water snake laying on the ground, and I, I have no idea what to do. No clue what to do. There are people just staring at me. I, I, I don't know what happened. Apparently, I'm Aquaman, and I raised my hands too much, and I said, jump eel, and it jumped out. So I get on the radio, and I'm yelling about an eel being on the floor, and no one's coming out of the break room or anything like that. So I run to the—I told you it was cornered to the backup area where the tanks are. So I open the back door, and I just start screaming, you're eel, you're eel, you're eel. <laughs> and these two women come hauling ass down this hallway, run out— I. I don't know what it was. It was like Miss Trunchable from Matilda. She came running out. She scooped this thing up. It was disgusting. She doesn't just throw it back in the garbage can, people. No, no, no. She squares this thing off to her face as you would do to a dog right when you're about to kiss it on the forehead. And she says, bad girl. Uh, I like... It, excuse me, no, get you and all that insanity out of here. People are still looking. I am shell-shocked. I'm still thinking a snake's going to come out and spit acid in my face. And she throws it back in the thing and she wheels it off. Maybe three minutes goes by and then my boss, my supervisor for the day, comes out of the break room and she goes, hey, uh, heard you uh, screaming on the radio. Are you good? And I was like, well, I'm good now, but a six-foot eel jumped out to my feet about two minutes ago. You kind of missed it. And she was like, oh my goodness, go take a quick break. All this good stuff. So I take a quick hot second to uh, to sit in the break room to uh, regain my bearings as an eel was just groveling at my feet for whatever reason. The two women then proceed to come into the break room and verbally assault me in the break room because apparently it was my fault that an eel went awry and jumped out of a freaking garbage can that I didn't even know it was in. So she says, I'm just really concerned. Like when you started yelling for us, like no one was watching the eel, the public could have touched it. And I <laughs> put my hand up in this woman's face because if, if you all don't know me at this point, I am an extremely aggressive human being, to say the least. Now, Hungry Geo, Hungry Geo was me when I was fat. 
Oh, he was on another level. Just imagine a closeted fat homosexual. Just whole lot of anger pent up in there. Also, too, the only thing in my diet were chicken nuggets. So just really fueled the fire, if you will. So I put my hand up in her face and I was like, no, 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 no. And so she stopped talking and I said to her, I'm going to guarantee you no one from the public was going to go touch your water snake because it was one massive Two, gasping for air. Three, them teeth, they nasty. And four, no one wants to touch a damn eel. I can promise you that. So she just wanted me to confirm to her that no one touched it. I don't know why, because she picked it up. So that's what I said. I said, the only person who touched it was you when you picked it up and called her a bad girl. She then proceeded to walk away, and I that was pretty much the end of that. At the end of the day, however, I did discuss with my supervisor the importance of responding to a call on the radio, uh, to which her response to me was, well, you didn't make it sound urgent. You know, you didn't say that an eel was on the ground. You just said, I need immediate assistance at Discovery Lab. And during training, we're told not to yell over the radio where the public can hear that an emergency is happening because it'll ultimately send the entire aquarium into complete pandemonium. So let's fast forward now about a month or two down the road. I am outside at another touch tank. Now this one, oh honey, she is the prime time center stage touch tank, okay? Everyone comes to the Stingray touch tank. Who's anybody? And it's a great time. The rays love to come up and get pet. Also, too, this was during the summer, so you can actually feed them. So um, they, like, will come up to people and suck fish out of your hand. I mean, you have to pay a couple bucks for that at the aquarium, and I would do it for free. No, I wouldn't. I don't eat seafood. Um... But anyway, so we're outside and it's in it's under a tent. It's super nice. It's air conditioned. The rays are super sweet. They're soft and it's fun too. It's entertaining to watch people scream and get splashed and all that crap. Anyway, a really nice girl walks up with her family and she's talking to me because where I stand in the or volunteer me, I'm the only person who's ever worked the Stingray Touch Tank at the Mystic Aquarium. Anyone else who tells you otherwise is a liar. Um, but any of the volunteers, we stand in a specific area that's gated off, and that's also where the trainers come in to feed the rays. So they always surface over there, so it's really easy for us to pet them while they may stay down, you know, over where the public is. So the public can get a little frustrated. So the girl was talking to me. She was not frustrated. Very, very sweet child. Now, if if I give you the child seal of approval, that means you got a well-behaved kid. And she's just asking me questions about the stingrays. And I was like, yeah, you know, if you genuinely, if you keep your, um, I told her the secret where like when you hold the fish, you ultimately put the fish in um, your hand as you're holding a fist and you have it dangling out. I, I told her, I said, Jesus, if you do that, the rays will come up to you because they'll think you have food. So I gave her a little bit of the inside scoop, if you know what I mean. And so she's doing it, and then the rays are all coming up to her, and she's having a really good time. So then she resorts back to just keeping her hand flat on the top of the water. Out of nowhere, and I mean nowhere, at the bottom, 
of the Stingray Touch Tank, we have a number of white-spotted bamboo sharks. Very timid, don't ever move, just stay on the bottom. We even have a touch tank for them inside the aquarium. And, you know, people love it. They get a little scared once you tell them that they're going to be able to touch a shark. But again, they're maybe a foot and a half long. And uh, another thing, they, they don't have eyes. We rescued them from pet stores and all of their eyes had been eaten out. So none of them can see either. <laughs> That being said, I don't know how this happened, but out of the gates of hell, one of the sharks in the Stingray Touch Tank, which I have never seen leave the bottom of the Stingray Touch Tank, which is like three feet deep, shoots up at this girl, grabs her finger, (laughs) and she immediately starts screaming. Now, it doesn't rip her finger off. It's not like a soul surfer moment. She's not missing a finger or an arm or anything. It just came up bitter and then went back down, which is even weirder, to be completely honest, because the animals don't normally do that. And it doesn't have eyes. I don't know how it found her hands. I know that they have sensory and all that good stuff, but I don't know how this thing just had such a direct hit with this girl where it came up. And people have their hands in that tank all day, every day, and not once has anyone ever been bit. So... This girl is screaming absolutely berserk, rightfully so. She just got bit by a fucking shark. So I panic, and I clear everyone out except for her and her family, and I get on the radio, this time not asking just for immediate assistance at the Stingray Touch Tank, but specifically saying, a patron was bitten by a shark, please someone come out to the Stingray Touch Tank. That being said, I am my boss, it was milliseconds before they came rushing in. They came in without any sort of medical aid, no first aid kit, not, not even a damn band-aid, okay? This mother who was outside was like, is she okay? I'm worried about her. I'm a mother of seven. And I said a prayer for her lady parts. And then I let her come in because she had a first aid kit in her purse, naturally. She's got seven kids. I'm sure they're dragging each other by the heels by the end of the day. Um, So we bandage her up with a stranger, like a stranger patches up this girl because the people at the aquarium didn't have the did bring a first aid kit with them. So she's crying and whatever, and I'm trying to make her feel better. And I'm like, hey, little, uh, little girl, um, this is at least cool. You can go back to school on Monday and you can say, um, hey, you know, I got bit by a shark. And then she said to me, yeah, that is really cool, but it's a summer and I don't have school on Monday. And I was like, well, tell your friends it's summer camp or whatever. Um, and so then she leaves. I then again got reprimanded for the way that I consulted my supervisors over the radio. Apparently, now this is all alleged because I didn't see it, I sent panic and shockwaves through the shark touch tank inside because all they heard was a loud screaming, possibly woman voice, over the uh, over the um walkie-talkie screaming that someone was bit by a shark and we needed immediate assistance at the Stingray Touch Tank. So I again explained that you had already told me once that when I asked for immediate assistance, it wasn't specific enough. So I got real specific and now you're telling me it's too specific. You know, 
stick your hand in the water and let me see if something bites you. Okay? No, okay. So, you know, I try to take that into consideration. I'm, I'm a ripe, fat 15-year-old boy. So I, I'm just trying to please everyone at this point, honestly. Daddy issues. And let's fast forward. It only was like two weeks after this because it was still the summer because we only offer this in the summer. So this is going to be the, the final installation of when um, these animals go just berserk. Um, I'm up at the penguin exhibit, which is one of my least favorite exhibits. Unpopular opinion, penguins are disgusting, disgusting creatures, okay? Everyone loves them because they think they're so cute. Oh my god, like, look at it just standing there, like, but that's all they do. In that scene from Happy Feet where you see them just swaying there back and forth, that's, that's all they do. They just shit, they sway back and forth, and they try to hump the crap out of each other, okay? That's, that's all the penguins do in life. Um, that being said, I'm standing outside the penguin exhibit, which is up on the, I'm assuming it's the northern most, it's like a corner. I'm going to say it's the northern most exhibit at the aquarium. So there's nothing beyond that. And I'm standing outside and I'm talking. There's an above, like top deck area, a below deck area, and an inside viewing area. I am outside and I had gotten there. Normally, I keep the umbrella down when I'm outside because, honey, I got melanin in my skin and I always could go for a good tan. However, this day, I wasn't feeling particularly well. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stand under the umbrella today. So I did. I I propped up the umbrella and I am standing there talking about penguins. And I'm like, hey guys, so like these are the penguins. And you see these cute little bracelets on their wings. That's how we tell who they are. Those are their names. That's their gender. Hashtag gender non-binary. And they are a great time. Look at that one just pooped. Oh, look, those two are humping over there. It Very boring. That being said, um, maybe a hundred yards south, there is a fenced-in area that's just grass. It's not an exhibit or anything. That's where we herd all of the camp children in the summertime. So they were all there doing a special birds of prey exhibition thing where they bring out like an osprey or a falcon or something that has talons and makes a screeching noise when it flies through the air. Uh, So what they do is they send the bird up in the air. They tell the children that they've hidden a specific object around the aquarium and you um and the bird can find it it can hone in on it and can find it because it's got great eyesight whatever and it'll find it within seconds because it's that good and it's trained to whatever now on this very day there was a great horned owl i don't know if anyone has ever seen first of all complete sidetrack owls without feathers more like sleep paralysis demon time thir- times 13 okay um that being said there was a great horned owl, just as scary with wings attached to it, okay? And they sent this bird up to go find a red ribbon. To me, dumb as shit. Why the hell would you, like, red ribbon? That could be something that anyone has on them. And it just so happened that day, I had one tied around my wrist, okay? And I had a red ribbon tied around my wrist for my sister's high school does an awareness thing where they, they normally put it on their cars, but... I didn't want to put mine on my car. So I just tied it around my wrist for awareness for drunk driving and obviously not doing it. Um, uh, Fun fact about owls, I'm sure you all know, 
completely silent when they fly. Can't hear them. Not at all. So I'm talking, and then the penguins just start making these weird noises. Noises I've never heard before, not even during their hump sessions, okay? Making some crazy-ass sounds. I have no idea what's going on. Then I see people ducking, and I'm like, what is, what is going on? Mind you, I'm still under the safety of my umbrella. I peek my head out from under the umbrella to see a great horned owl coming at me, talons and all, beaking everything, coming for my brand, okay? It's trying to get this damn red thing off of my wrist. I start screaming. I don't know what to do at this point. I can't ask for assistance on the radio because that's too vague. I can't tell exactly what's going on because that's too specific. So what do I do, you ask? Well, I get on the radio and I just... Scream. Scream to the, at the top of my lungs. I just scream nonstop. And eventually, I don't know if it was the screaming that did it, but the person whistled for the owl to come back, so it it politely left. Um, did not get the ribbon, if you're wondering. I defended it. Boots the house down. Uh, so if you need me on your team for Capture the Flag, I'm the one. And yeah, I inevitably got yelled at for screaming on the radio, I'm sure we're not surprised about that. I just had no idea what to do. But ultimately, it was... That one was probably the scariest of all experiences. Even the fear of a possible snake spitting acid in my face doesn't hold any sort of weight compared to a predatory bird darting at you for something on your wrist. That's like I couldn't even take it off and offer it to the thing as a peace offering. Like I couldn't be like, here you go. Like take it. Like I it was tied around my wrist. I had to cut this damn thing off and you best believe I went home and I cut that ribbon off my wrist. I don't think that means anything like, you know, I still think drinking and driving is a bad thing. Don't do that. That's a complete another utter side note, but you get the point here. So anyway, it there were so many. Oh, you know what? There is. There's one more thing that I do have to say. Um, this will be a very quick story, but there was a, and I say was because he has since passed away, R.I.P. Kodiak. He was a stellar sea lion, which are massive beasts. The males are. He weighed over two tons, I want to say. Yeah, so he was over 4,000 pounds. This thing was so beastly that the trainers went behind, like they, when they fed him, they had a cage that they had to go into to feed him because his canine teeth were the size of a grown man's thumb, okay? Or, or, uh, what's her name? Who's the, Megan, Fo- Megan Fox? Megan Fox, not Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly works for Fox or did before she got, you know, before she left and you know, she got fired from MB. Anyway, complete side note. Huge, huge teeth could kill anyone. The thing hated me. I don't know why maybe it was threatened by me because I am the alpha male in every situation that I am in. Kodiak, was his name, would spit at me. Physically spit, like a llama, like a camel, like any nasty farm creature that you can name, okay? So what I would do, this is like a me and Kodiak kind of deal. What I would do is when... Someone would make me angry because they either A, asked me a stupid question, B, made me feel stupid, or C, were just plain rude. I would walk past Kodiak and he would just eye me down and then I would walk behind the people knowing inevitably this 4,000 pound mammoth of a beast would spit at them, to which he did 
every time. So you could say I trained a 4,000-pound sea lion, a man-eater, if you will. Not a man-eater. No, no, no. Not at all. Um, To spit at people. So, you know, just I'm making sure to pass my bitchiness on even even to animals because I'm an equal opportunity bitchy employer. What can I say? Well, world, hopefully you got in a few good laughs about these animals going batshit crazy when I worked at the Mystic Aquarium. And just remember, when life throws something your way, just power through it and hopefully you can laugh about it later. How do I stop this?